welcome to Conversations with Achievers. I'm your host, Robert Wright. I'm a mentor to owners, executives, and their teams, and CEO of Extraordinary People, LLC. I work with people that want to create extraordinary business performance with less stress, more joy, and more personal fulfillment. So sit back, relax, and prepare to learn from your peers as we explore what it takes in terms of attitudes, habits, and behaviors that achieve extraordinary results. Results for yourself, for your family, and your community. Hello, Robert here, and delighted to be with you for yet another episode of Conversations with Achievers. And our achiever today is Art Powell. Art is the founder and CEO of Trinsic, a company that is in that IT space. We'll have him tell you more about that uh, near the end of the program. But Art, welcome to Conversations with Achievers. Thank you, Robert. Very glad to be here. Uh, and Art is a resident of one of my favorite cities, even though I've only been there once, of <laughs> Austin, Texas. And Art, I understand that what you're attempting to do with your company is one that I have a lot of personal interest in. You're trying to be a bit different and operate from some principles. Uh, that's mm -hmm. my word, not yours. So I, I'm, I'm interested. Uh, you know, we talk in these sessions about what's working and what's not working for you in the past. Uh, for right now, what is it that's working? What is it that you're aiming toward in the leadership of Trensic? Yeah, that's a great question. And I think the, um, I think when you run a business, you're in that survival mode in the beginning and you're just like, you're trying to get to the next day. Right. And we've gone beyond that now. And then suddenly you're really, you're asked with this very stark question, which is what do I want to be? And what do I want this company to be when I grow up? Right. When we grow up. Right. And so we, we kind of, I kind of had that moment about six, five, six years ago when I was, uh, I founded the company, but I had a CEO and, uh, the other partners asked me to take the CEO role. Um, and if I'm being hundred percent honest, I really didn't want to do it. Like I had no interest. Like if, if you had told me when I was 20 years old that I was going to be the CEO of a company that I founded and that I was going to teach theology in a 4k thousand member church, I would have told you to go take a step off a cliff somewhere. Right. I just really had, but these are how these things work out. And apparently, you know, um, I'm good at it to a certain extent because we have grown. But when I took over the CEO role, I really had to ask my, this, myself that we had a, a glass door review of a former employee. It was like, it's a good company, but um, they really don't know what they want to be when they grow up. And I really took that. I took that criticism to heart. I was, I, you know, I was like, you know what? They're right. Like we haven't decided what we're going to be. And I really began to focus on the internal culture of the company. And I really began to focus over uh, focus on what we were trying to do with our customers and and uh, what we ended up with has been very successful where but two things we're doing really really differently they're working really well is that we're we're when it comes to technology everybody's trying to go low touch they want to touch the customer as least amount of times as possible we're going the opposite direction we are doing relationships and we're doing very high touch with the clients in fact the best the best quote i've heard yet from a meeting is when our our uh, our client success manager was meeting with a brand new client who had just signed up and she was telling him like what we were going to do and how things were going to go. And the client was like, you're not love bombing me, are you? And she was like, no, <laughs> she was like, no, the contract's been signed. honey. This is not a sales pitch. This is actually what we do. 
So I'm, I was very proud of that moment. Um, I've been approached in two separate biz business meetings with by two separate employees from two separate companies who we take care of their IT. You know, they're like, "Hey, you're Art Powell. You, you know, you you guys handle our IT." And if I'm being honest, like, "Oh boy, how's this going to turn out?" Right? And in both instances, they were like, uh, "Yeah, you're the Chick Fil A of IT." And I was just like, "Of course, I had to say my pleasure." Right? I had to. Right? But I I was really <laughs> took that to heart because we really preach that we're customer service. We're not a technology company. And so that whole approach of taking care of your employees and taking care of your customers really, really has borne out well. Our, we have very low turnover rate, which is a very unusual for the MSP uh, market, the technology services market. So that, that different approach of, of really cultivating a culture, we got five out of five on our, uh, on our survey, employee survey on our culture and part, which the HR person who'd been doing it for, you know, 15, 20 years, she's like, I'd never seen this before. So we're very proud of, I mean, we got to keep it. That's always the challenge, but so I'm very proud of the fact that our culture is very good. And I'm very proud of the fact that our customers love what we're doing, that it's a relationship driven. It's not just this transactional and with it, they're really looking for that. Uh, they have a lot of challenges coming up with AI and they need a partner they can trust. Wow. You know, I, uh, I, I'm just overwhelmed hearing that in a way because of some things happening for me. I mean, I have a provider for my website, hosting my website. They do a fantastic job technically and all of that stuff. But what I've discovered is if you have a problem, you get referred to a video. Yeah. Not, yeah. To, a per not to a person. And I understand that. I understand the need to you know, operate with as few people as possible. And I mean, I yeah. understand it as a businessman, but boy, it doesn't work for me. It's, it's leaving me with some not so good feelings. Uh, yeah, I think, I think go ahead. Oh, it, where, it would where it showed up is I recently had an opportunity to refer someone to them and I didn't do it. And then I put the go. phone down, you know, I put the phone down and I went, whoops, I don't like that. I don't like me not referring someone to someone that's done a good job for us overall, but there's zero. They've run the person out of their deal. You cannot call them. You can call and leave a message. You, you can't call and find a human, you know, that kind of thing. So that's very cool. Yeah. And I think this is very, cause we get a lot of referrals, both from clients and vendors and that really that continually that's makes up about 60% of our business. And so I'm always excited about that because people are willing to say, Hey, you know, we like this. We like what Trinsic is doing well enough to refer you. And I agree with you. I think, uh, I think this goes back to AI. This is going to be the dilemma of AI because I think what people forget is technology is and always been about human beings, right? And the problem is people are only going to let AI invade the world so much. You know, when we when technology came out and Amazon started getting predominance, people were like, "Oh, the malls are dead." Well, the, one of the fastest growing real estate is the outdoor malls. We have one in here in Austin. It's called the Domain. When I go out there on the weekends, I never feel so old in my entire life. It's a bunch of young millennials <laughs> and Gen Zs out there shopping. And but but it, the whole point is is that yeah, if they're doing that, they want to go out, they want to meet human beings, they want to go shopping, they want that experience, right? And AI is going to be the same way. Like if they build a company, uh, a restaurant that is totally 100% operated by AI, if no one shows like shows up to go eat there, it's not going to work. And, and I think we forget this. Like we, we, in the technology industry, we get so enamored by the technology. We forget that the technology is about human beings at the end of yep. the day. 
Yeah. It's all, it's, we're all in this together and we are social beings. You know, we need contact, we need touch, uh, we need connection. So very cool. You know, you mentioned the importance of culture in your company, and mm -hmm. that's a, a drumbeat from me uh, in mm -hmm. terms of the work that I do with clients. And, you know, I, I found myself recently quoting, and I know it was, it's often attributed to the late Peter Drucker, but many other people now claim ownership of uh, culture eats strategy for breakfast. You oh. know, it's become a famous line. And the the problem with that as a kind of bumper sticker is that 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 there's so much more depth in creating a positive life affirming business building culture uh that that kind of bumper sticker approach can kind of take you away from it uh in doing the culture change work that we do some people often ask well what's the what's the definition the one i'm most familiar with and most satisfied with is that culture is the way things are done around here. Yeah. And, yeah. you know, but then you have to define that, you know, that's, that's additional work, but you know, there's a, there's a way we do things around there or here and our clients know about it. They, they yeah, know so think, much, so much more about us than we'd like to think they do. Yeah. And I think this is so important because the culture is going to be, it's going to be the outward reflection of, of, of what's going on inside, you know, and your, your, your employees are going to reflect your culture. Um, and there's nothing you can do to stop it. If it's a bad culture, then it's going to look badly. If it's a good culture, it's going to reflect well. And the other nice thing is if you get culture moving really well within your company, it will begin to protect itself. Like they will say, no, this person's not going to fit because they don't fit in the culture. I, you can train ability. You can't train culture. Like either people are going to fit in or they're not, right? But you're right. It, it, you have to be careful about the cliches. And one of the things we talk about, you know, one of our, one of our uh, values is we are empathetic, that we listen to our employees and our clients. Like, listen, we actually hear them. It's not just about, you know, I've been married for 32 years to a wonderful Hispanic woman who will knock me upside the head when I'm not really listening. Right. I could, re I can recite every word she just said, but I'm not really <laughs> listening. Right. And, uh, she's very good. You know, she keeps me in line with that because my tendency is just, okay, I'm going to listen to you while I do something else. Right. And that's not listening. That's not because you're not getting the essence of what they're trying to tell you. And it's the same way with both our clients and our employees. We try to really listen, you know, always tell the VPs, your job is to make sure that the employees have all the tools they need to do the work. Right. And so if you're not listening to them, how do you know what they need? Right. And I think this is so important in our culture. We're quick to, we're, we're quick to, you know, spout out our opinions, but we're very slow to listen and it should be the other way around. Um, and when it comes to our employees, we do, we, you know, we've always got room for improvement, but I think we do a fairly good job of really listening to them, really discovering what their needs are. And we try to show it in small ways, like, you know, giving customized gifts, not just like some standard gift card, like finding out what's important in their life and then, and then blessing them with that. Right. And so I think that's really important. And when you do that, you get a loyalty you cannot buy with a paycheck. Right. Because, you know, and this is and, and this is funny because we have millennials and Gen Z's who work for us and they, they love working with Trendsec. And, you know, I keep hearing things like they're lazy and they're not motivated and 
all these other things I'm thinking, well, or maybe it is you're not getting them. Like maybe you're not reaching them halfway to find out what they need, right? And what what it is, because we don't have any of those problems. And so I think that I think culture is so important. Uh, and like you said, it can't be a bumper sticker. It has to be authentic. The thing that people can recognize very quickly, you know, if, you know, if it's a BS culture, in other words, it's just like the bumper sticker. It's just, we're just going to do things to say we have a culture, but we're not going to really go that extra step and really get to know you and meet you where you're at and help you along you know, the path of life. You know, that that's the, because relationships are difficult. They're always, they're difficult with clients and they're difficult with employees uh, relationships take work and they take effort. You know, I've discipled men for um, over 30 years at my church and, and I always tell people, if you're going to disciple someone, it's messy. Like you, you can't do this drive by, oh, everything's fixed and you're happy. You have to get into the trenches with them and work these things out. And it's just, we try to do that. It's the same with our clients and our employees. Well, that, that culture piece is just so, so very, very important. And uh, you know, I, I spent six years in China from 2015 until 20. Wow. And I did something that I hadn't done before. And I, I and I did a lot of public speaking and uh, to more than 100,000 people. And, wow. and uh, it was an interesting experience for me. And, and one of the things that I noticed is that because of some things that were happening in my personal life, I started asking these groups after I had built some trust you know, where they were kind of with me. And, you know, these are 90 minute to three hour sessions, different, different clients. And I would ask them two questions. One is, uh, have you, have you uh, ever been betrayed? Mm. And I'd ask, I would ask for a, a show of hands and that this is my number. It's my observation. Maybe I missed a few people. Uh, my answer is a hundred percent of those audiences. 100,000 people had been betrayed either personally or in business. Uh, I've been raising my hand. So yeah, I understand. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Well, it came because of a betrayal in my life that really caught me by by surprise and was very disappointing. Uh, But the second question, which also unfortunately came from my life, is I'd ask people, how many of you are estranged from a family member? And unfortunately, that number for me was was tr- was true for me, and I would guess about seventy percent of the room. And yeah. when you look when you look at connecting with people, I think it's an it's a very simple and yet profound realization that chances are pretty high that that person you're working with, whether an employee or a client, has been betrayed somewhere in their life. Uh, they, yep. they, many of them are estranged from a family member, and and uh, we can be sensitive to the pain of that, even though it's usually unspoken. People don't share yep. it with you, uh, but having that awareness of uh, you can only get that by digging in, by having the yep. kind of relationship of trust and openness and vulnerability yourself. Uh, it seems that seems to be a key uh, with my clients also. Also, you know, on your journey along the way uh, with Trensic, uh, mm-hmm. I'm sure you've run into a pothole or two, a problem that was maybe even looked unsolvable at the time. Uh, what have you learned from uh, those potholes in the road, those twists and turns? Uh, 
Well, I would love potholes, Robert. I keep seeing, keep hitting, you know, brick walls, but that's a, that's a, <laughs> the, you know, I, you know, I, we've been in business almost 20 years and, and what I would say is I've learned a lot of things. I've learned that, uh, first of all, for the business to grow and to prosper, I have to grow. I have to learn, you know, as CEO, I have to keep learning, keep growing. I've got, or I've got, uh, I belong to C12, which is a CEO Christian group that, uh, is wonderful because it's a bunch of peers that hold me, can call me on my BS and hold me accountable. Um, I have, I mentor other, uh, see, I mentor other companies that are smaller than me that, that are wanting, you know, help moving along. And that, that's a learn, you learn a lot yourself when you're, when yes. you're mentoring, there's so much you learn. Um, and then, you know, I actually went through, uh, I went through a really good, um, CEO training class, which was fabulous when your CEO training class, but at the end of the day, it really is, you know, the CEOs, we have to accept the responsibilities for a lot of things. We don't have to accept the responsibility for everything, but we have to accept responsibility for a lot of things. And I think, you know, if you want the company to grow, then you have to look at yourself first and foremost. And, and people aren't going to be willing to accept challenges. And we built our own cloud in 2015. So we don't use Amazon or Google. Um, I think I gave my poor, uh, chief technology officer more gray hair than his six children, but at the, you know, at the, you know, but, but, but we did it. But the thing is, is that you can't get people to make those kind of jumps and you can't get them to move forward unless they really know that you're in it with them. And you believe like you really believe yourself that it, this isn't just a game that what the vision that you have for the company, like you're willing to put the blood, sweat and tears in also, um, they have to know you're bought in. And I think that, you know, I think that's so important because if, if everyone's bought in, if everyone's focused on it and, and it's realistic and I, and I don't mean like, in you know, like it would be unrealistic for me to say, we're gonna have 5,000 employees next year. Like that's unrealistic. Now, like I could say by the end of next year, we could have 75, hundred. And if it's realistic and everybody's bought in, it can happen. Right. But everyone has to be on the same page. Um, and yes. then those obstacles get less of a problem, you know, as it, when teams are focused and I learned this in my very short stint in the military, but, um, when teams are focused, they can do incredible things, but they have to be focused, right. They have to be on the same page. And so, but it has to start with me. I have to, I have to grow. I have to learn more. I have to be better and better at my job. Uh, and I think I am, I think, you know, I think my partners would say, I was, I'm a lot better than I, the day I walked on six years ago. And, uh, fortunately for them, I think I have improved. Yes. So, <laughs> well, I want to assure our listening audience that I did not pay art for that endorsement of, uh, <laughs> experts coming in to work with teams, uh, yeah. which is uh, self-serving for me. It's, uh, I think that notion of how people evaluate the leader. I mean, you can do, you know, very sophisticated 360 instruments and all that stuff. But there are a few key things, particularly around culture, where the conversation around the coffee machine or the having a beer mm -hmm. on Friday night, that's where culture really shows up in terms of truth quite often. How do people talk yep. about you, you know, when you're not around and when they're kind of offline? And leadership uh, integrity, leadership character, uh, leadership, uh, vulnerability, those kinds of things, they do not come naturally. And by the way, in my opinion, they particularly don't come naturally to men. Uh, women, yep. are a little, women are a little better at that, paying attention to relationship cues uh, than we are. 
And what you need is that outside voice. In, in your case, the Christian businessmen group, uh, mm -hmm. you know, and particularly if it's a group that's made up of people that are really clear about your purpose, your vision, your principles, yep. and they'll call you on it when you're off track. Uh, I think I learned that later in my life than I wish I would have. Yeah, I'm in the same boat, right? I mean, the thing youth is wasted on the young, right? I mean, I knew what I knew now, right? But uh, I, I think it is important. I think, you know, failed leadership is probably the number one destruction of a company, I would say, across the board. I think, you know, there are other factors, but, you know, if you have good leadership, you can get through it, right? And we've had further challenges. We've been officeless since 2005. So we've we've not had any, we've not had a central office since then. And as we've grown, we've had to learn, you know, I think in a way it was a blessing because it forced us to learn how to be good at culture, right? I mean, if you're not good at culture, that's going to fall apart on you really fast. And so um, we've had to, you know, where other company and other companies, I think they think that if you put them in a room all together in the same building, that culture is going to happen naturally and it's not right. And we yeah. didn't have that luxury. So we were forced to, to learn how to do it properly right out of the gate that we had to make that effort because culture does take a lot of effort and leadership does too. And you're, you're a hundred percent right. I think, you know, leadership is so important. We try, we preach here that, you know, we kind of do a reverse, uh, a reverse HR chart. We're here. We're like, we're here to serve the people who do the work. Our job is to function and make that. And you can say that, but do you really mean it? Does your actions show that? And I think that is going to be, because the employees don't watch what comes out of your mouth. They watch your actions. And and if they see that your actions are matching your rhetoric, that's going to be very, very helpful. Because you can say all day long that we value you. But if you don't really treat the employees like you value them, you really, really don't. And so I think that's so, I think consistency is so important. And that's, for me, being an overly optimistic person who who can always look at, you know, the the, the glass is always, you know, is half full. It's important that, you know, one of the things my wife taught me with the children when they were young, she's like, don't ever tell them you're going to do something unless you back it up like you do it. It's yeah. better not to say anything or tell them, I don't think so right now, than do it. And I've tried to take that lesson coming in as CEO. I was like, be very careful what I say. Be If I say something, then I got to back it up and we got to make it happen. So, yeah, that's all, you know, all that ingredient is in there. Yep. Uh, a three-day program that I run with groups uh, that I'll summarize in less than one minute is that it's all about leadership and having leadership penetrate into different all the levels of the organization so that that customer yep. service person is not often saying to the client, well, I'll check with my boss on that. You know, it's it gets down to being that simple. Uh, but that leadership is based on relationships because Lead, to be a leader is to create something new. And who do you go with to with something new? You go to somebody where you have a good relationship. And then when you examine that deeper, they, what are the components of a good relationship? There were some professors at the University of Minnesota years ago that mm -hmm. came up with what they called the I'll trust you if. Yeah. You know, and one of those that you just mentioned, I'll trust you if you do what you say you're going to do. You know, yeah, uh, trust, trust is earned. It's never given. Like I raise my children, yeah. like you don't trust people. You, they have to earn that trust. Right. And it is that way with clients. And if you reproach these things, there's relationships and not transactions that that is going to be so important. But once that trust is earned, then grace is given. 
In other words, once you've earned that trust, like no company's perfect and they're going to make mistakes. And if your relationship's transactional, there's going to be no grace with that mistake. But if the if you have a relationship with the client, then there is going to be some grace given, right? Because they, they're like, well, they've always been a good company. They made this mistake. Now, obviously, if you keep making mistakes, you're going to be, you're going to be in trouble. But that's the point. And I, and I love what you said about allowing the employees to have those frontline decisions. You know, we have a, a saying at Trinsic, it's like we're trying to build a framework, not a bureaucracy, right? You have to empower people. You, you, if you're micromanaging them, all that does is frustrate the employee. I was micromanaged in previous, in previous jobs. I hated it. You know, it's like, you hired me to do this, either trust me to do it or fire me. Right. Don't not, don't do this thing where like, you're not going to trust me to do the work. And, and, it, it, you know, I, I, we treat our employees that way too. We give them the power to make those decisions to get things done. And oh, the, the clients love it because they're not waiting on some chain of command. You know, if they make it, we always say, if you go overboard, we're going to let you know about it. We'll be happier that you went overboard than you didn't do anything at all. We can deal with that. Right. The, it's the, yes. it's not doing anything or delaying that. And then the customer gets angry. That's harder to deal with. So, yeah. You know, years ago, I saw an article in uh, Inc. Magazine, mm -hmm. and I, I do wish I had clipped it. It was kind of pre-internet uh, dominating our lives days. Uh, well, but it was a story of this guy that founded and runs Curves, C-U-R-V-E-S. Yeah, yeah. You know, and, and you know, his, his and, and the reporter sat through an entire week long of the two-week new franchisees training program he, yeah. but he i i had to admire the reporter because he didn't just interview somebody he went and got got a straight straight experience and he, he quoted this founder whose name unfortunately i don't have at hand uh as saying to the group early in that session our objective here is to prepare you to make fewer mistakes because I've made all of them. Yeah. <laughs> I can relate to that. I've made all of them. We, yeah, we always, always tell people, it's like, I tell myself, fellow CEO friends, they're like, what can I do not make? I said, no, mistakes are important. I said, you, you're going to fail yourself forward constantly. The whole, whole goal is to make a mistake, learn from it, and then move on. And if you... If you don't like making mistakes, you're going to be in the wrong job. I mean, that CEO is that is not the position for you to be in. <laughs> so, you know, uh, I've, I've made a lot of mistakes. I've also made a few good decisions. Some of them yeah. kind of accidentally. Uh, yes. In you know, at, at one point we had uh, in Asia 240 people full time, and in in seven countries and and wow. uh, 15 yep. training centers, and one of the things we learned in Asia was we couldn't hire great men because uh, in that in those cultures, uh, the kid after college or just out of high school, he's got to be able to go home and say to his parents, who then will talk to the other relatives and the neighbors and say, I went to work for Hitachi or Nissan or somebody like that. And we're this little crazy training company. So they wouldn't even interview with us. And then to my shocking surprise, a really bright young guy made it through the early interview stages to the point where I was interviewing him. And I'll never forget that experience. He said to me, if I joined your company, Mr. White, how could I win around here? And I mm. thought, 
What a brilliant question. And without that is. thought, you know, without thought, I first of all, it's just shocked and surprised and delighted. But without thought, I suddenly heard myself say, well, if you need to be told what to do, if you need to be micromanaged, you will not win here. Uh, you win by taking responsibility and uh, a willingness to risk, a willingness to really live our values, and we'll, we'll be yep. very clear about those in your orientation. But, you know, that kind of thing, I think, is counterintuitive to many leaders, unfortunately. And when they make that little shift to think about how could I help my people win around here, uh, the answers to that question are out there. The answers are out there. Uh, obviously, you've figured out a few of them. Yeah, I think that's a great observation. And there's a really false narrative that's running around CEOs, which I'm not really in entrepreneurs because I founded the company too. This is my third business. And according to my wife, it would be the last one. But, you know, I, <laughs> I uh, you know, the thing, the thing, there's a false narrative going around where we tell this story about like Jeff, you know, Bezos, who, who founded and, and created, you know, created Amazon and he did not even come up with the prime membership idea. It was not even his idea. You know, and I think the danger of this is 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 this idea that it's the CEO. Now, the CEO is a huge responsibility. He's very important. Don't get me wrong. I'm not saying he's not. But this whole idea that, you know, people say, oh, so you, you built this company. I was like, no, we built this company. Like, I've had some very good people who've come in and caught the vision and and built it. Right. And I, and I think that narrative, I think there's a somewhat of a social backlash. And I think some of it is appropriate. Not all, of course. But this this idea that it's this single individual who's the most important thing in the entire company, and you know, and if and if you've really if that really is the case, first of all, you've set yourself up for total total disaster because that person's not going to live forever, and when they go away, then good luck, right? But I do think it is a false narrative. It's one I try to to stop people from. You know, they're like, oh, you're building this great. No, 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 no. We are. It's intrinsic. It's we. employees. It's a team. I think that, you know, I, you, you can take that up to the other extreme too, because individual contribution is important, but individual contribution, I always look at it like baseball. It's individual contribution in the dynamic of a team, right? And I think this is the key. And I think, that, you know, CEOs need to check their egos in at the door and they should be more servant minded. They need to be there to help people succeed. And if they, and even our clients, we do the same thing. You know, and, and having said that, not everybody's a good fit. Not every client's a good fit. Not every employee's a good fit. And that's why culture is important. But once you have the right clients and you have the right people, and if the CEO can come in and just say, look, I'm here to serve you. I'm here to make sure you have what you need to help you figure this stuff out. You, you're 100% right, Robert. It is those teams, that are, those companies that are going to win and those teams that are going to win in the future uh, because relationships are going to become more and more more and more important as time goes by because with all the changes in technology, companies need to trust, especially the SMB market where I'm at, where they can't make big bets and lose it and then go, oh, we're okay. I, I think, you know, the, they need people they can trust and are going to really partner with them. And so, yeah, I'm excited about Trinsic's future because I think we did get this right. We still got a lot of things we're working on. We've got wrong. A lot of things we're still working out. But I think we've laid a really solid foundation, and I think that foundation is going to give us the opportunity to do something special. So, Well, thank you for everything today, but particularly that last minute or so, because what I where my what my practice has migrated to is I'd much rather work with a team than with a CEO. Now, the, the CEO is part of that team, that executive team, of course, 
but yep. uh, pa the power is in the group and and yep. through the group revealing people's potential art thank you so much for today if people want to be in touch with you how do they do that yeah easiest way i'm on linkedin art art el pal or you can catch me uh or go to our website www.trinsictech that's t-r-i-n-s-i-c tech.com uh, they're there either way get there i am going to be starting a podcast in a couple of months called decades of disruption and we're going to be talking about how we can map uh, all the all the changes i saw in the 80s and 90s with technology to ai not to predict what ai is going to do because i don't think anybody can predict that how it's going to get adapted but to kind of maybe lower the hype a little bit and set realistic expectations and how they can look to actually integrate ai into their into their company and get past the hype so yeah a worthwhile goal. Art, thank you very much. It's been an absolute delight to speak with you and learn from you. Likewise, Robert. I was glad to be here today. All the best to you. Thanks so much for joining us for Conversations with Achievers. If you or someone you know would make a good guest for this weekly show, the details are at therobertwhite.com and click on podcasts. I'm looking for businessmen and women with a story to tell, stories that might benefit other owners and executives. If you got some value from this program, I'd really appreciate you sharing about it on social media and just mentioned www.therobertwhite.com slash podcast. Of course, subscribing means you won't miss a show and rating the podcast positively will leave Robert smiling. I'm building a movement here for leaders, leaders who want to succeed in business, succeed with their families, have fun, and contribute toward making the world a better place. It's special to me that you chose to listen. I look forward to connecting again next week. Remember, reach out to me anytime with any questions or concerns at therobertwhite.com. Bye for now.